Hello and welcome to Queering Desi. I'm your host, Priya. As a South Asian queer non-binary person, I have learned a lot on my journey of self-acceptance and building community. So in each episode, I will bring you a slice of South Asian LGBTQ life with a guest who exemplifies what it means to be who you are and to live your truth. I like to create a safe and open discussion with our guests and listeners. So if the topics on this podcast are controversial, please know these opinions are of the guest and host, and we don't mean any offense. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, Queering DC listeners. This is your host, Priya, and I'm excited to welcome you to a brand new season of the show. This season, we're excited to bring you a whole slate of new interviews with amazing South Asian LGBTQ folks from around the world who are doing amazing things, from chefs to writers to actors to singers and a whole lot more. And if you're a fan of the show, you'll notice some changes this season. First of all, we're kicking off this season from London with special guests who are based here in the UK. You'll also notice some new segments. We want to try to give you a unique glimpse into each guest we have on, and so we've tried to have some fun with it. And lastly, this season we're proud to partner with Bakwas Apparel. Be sure to listen for a special message about them later in the show. New episodes will be released every other Wednesday, so be sure to hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a beat. This week, we bring you a special conversation we had with Sonam Kapoor, the Bollywood actress many of you may know from Ek Ladki Ko Dekha To Aisa Laga. I had the chance to speak with her here in London about the film, as well as many other relevant topics in Bollywood, like the Me Too movement and the gender pay gap, as well as her new film, Zoya Factor, which is now available on Netflix. I hope you'll have as much fun with this episode as we did. So without much further ado, here's Sonam. You're obviously such a big ally of the LGBT community. How did that happen? Like, how has it kind of taken form for you? And My family is very progressive in the way... I don't like using the word progressive. I would say they're pretty normal about the way they look at the world, right? We aren't conservative or close-minded. In that way, we had people from all sorts of communities in and out of our house. There was mm. no difference. There wasn't, oh my God, like there was never that reaction. Mm. So when I came into the real world, like when I was an adult, I saw there was like a lot of people looking at like a lot of my friends, a lot of my parents' friends in a way which I wasn't comfortable with. You know, when you come out of that innocent phase where yeah. you're protected and, you know, your mom's really good friends are gay, my dad's, some of his best friends are gay. Mm. And then when I was like 15 or 16 years old, I was in boarding school and one of my closest friends is gay. Mm. So for me, it was never a question. Mm. Like I didn't see the difference. Like I couldn't understand what it was that made everybody like, think differently. Mm. I couldn't understand it. I don't know if that makes sense um, to you, but I know there's a lot of discrimination and I know that there's a lot of misunderstanding and I know there's a lot of, there's a lack of awareness. I think that it's not only the Asian community, I think it's in all communities, Mm. you know, whether you're Indian, whether you're Pakistani, whether you're Chinese, Japanese, Mm. like American, English, I think there's so much stigma attached to it till now. I just didn't understand. I didn't get it. I just, because of my upbringing, I just Mm. didn't get it. So when somebody asked me to speak for something, I was like, of course, I I like didn't question it. Mm. I didn't think that I was doing anything special. I didn't think that I was being an ally. I just thought I was saying, yeah, of course it's okay. Of course that this is how people should be. Mm. Of course, love is love. Of course, 
So I don't know, like everybody says, oh my God, you did this film. My dad and I did this film, right? Mm. So you can understand the kind of upbringing that I've had. I always believe in standing up for things that I believe in. Mm. And this is one of the things that I really, truly believe. I, I don't believe there should be any labels. Mm. So even when people say, oh, the LGBTQI community, I was like, but we're all one community. I was like, why is it a, why are we segregating ourselves why are we making it the community and then the straight community and the LGBTQI plus community and then the Muslim community and the Hindu community and the Christian community? Why is why is that happening? You know, everybody has a choice to be who they want to be. Everybody's an individual. Everybody looks at things differently. So I don't even believe in that. Like, I don't believe in saying that, oh, I'm an ally of a certain community. I believe that I am an ally for anybody who wants to be themselves. And I believe in standing up for equal rights and uh, having the same same sort of opportunity. I feel like everybody should be afforded the same sort of opportunity. Mm-hmm. So when everybody, like, you know, when I'm called to like film festivals yeah. or I'm called to certain like other spaces and I'm just like, I'm very happy to be here, but I wish that it wasn't separate. Right. I wish it was all one. And I know that I'm being too idealistic And I know that we are a long way off from that point because like my husband always says, he's like, we need to go to the other extreme for it to become balanced because it's been the other way for so many years. Right. So, but I'm always hopeful. Yeah. But your voice much in that way is like progressive, right? For Bollywood that doesn't kind of take a stand about many things, (laughs) but then you have this movie that kind of not only took a stand, but was very open about it. Um, How did it come about and and what drew you to the project? So um, obviously because I've been pretty vocal about my views, Mm -hmm. Um, Shelley Chopra, who is a director of a Mm -hmm. film, has two children who are gay. Mm -hmm. And she basically wanted to make this film. Mm -hmm. She's Vinod Chopra's sister. And she Mm -hmm. came to me and she was like, I really want you to make this film because there are stereotypes of what we think you know of someone who's lesbian or gay you know they you feel like they look a certain way or behave a certain way and Mm. there's a stereotype especially in India and I wanted someone who was hyper feminine Mm. and who is the prototype of like if you see any of the data that you Mm. collect on me everybody's like oh she's the girl that I want to get married to Mm. who I want to take home or who comes from a certain family Mm. or there's like a prototype Indian bahu yeah and she wanted to take that and break that, mm. right? And um, I was like, who are you going to, who's going to play my dad? So mm. we, they, she wanted like, she had a couple of names that she came up with, Sanjay Dad, blah, blah, blah. I said, why don't you ask my father? Mm. I was like, I was like, I think he'd be very comfortable doing it yeah. um, because he's very progressive in the way he thinks. Mm. He's very liberal. He truly believes in it. And I think if you kind of ask him to do it, he'll say yes. Mm. And he did say yes. Mm. Um, so after I said, said yes, he said yes. And I think it was very heartening because to see the reactions we got when the film came out, because mm. it's Anand Kapoor telling Sonam Kapoor it's okay to be gay. You know, at the right, end of the day, absolutely. it's like, it's you need that validation from mm. your parents, you know? Right. And if you see like an iconic father who is like known for his masculinity mm. or for the hair on his chest, mm. telling his really like, typical looking daughter that it's okay to be different Mm. I still love you I think that was a strong message and to showcase it in a wholesome way which wasn't like provocative Mm. so that you know a lot of young kids took their parents to come out to them while watching the film and I think that's successful for me you know for me that's successful for me I want to make something that's entertaining that says things that makes an impact on people's lives and Mm. helps people it's 
honestly is one of the most successful films on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so exciting for me. I mean, we had we had Shelly on and we did an interview with her and she said the same thing where I was like, I imagine someone like in literally in a closet or in a room somewhere like watching this on Netflix, even if they couldn't go to the theater, theater and yeah. see it. And so we got messages too. Like after that movie came out, we did like a special screening because Rasham and everyone is Rasham over. Is yeah. so nice. Yeah. So she's in New York. So she got in touch with us. We did like a screening for the premiere. And so a lot of people told us after that, like they came out to their parents, like after seeing the movie. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I just echoing the reaction. Yeah, that yeah. You, yeah. So that was kind of my next question was just like comments or reactions that you've gotten after the film, what it's been like now that it's been some time. You know, when uh, the film was releasing, I the studio released it in very less theaters, mm. but we still opened to a very healthy number and we did mm. we did healthy business. And it, I was disheartened because, you know, it didn't do well in like in India. Also, we have communities where there's a Muslim community and the theaters there mm. and it didn't do well in those communities mm. or in, in that area or in another area or whatever. And it did well in metros. Mm. Um but a lot of people actually waited till it came online. Mm. And we sold the film really for a healthy amount to Netflix. Mm. And when it came on to Netflix, when it was online, I think the kind of reactions I got then mm. was unprecedented. I didn't expect it. Mm. Like, I did not expect it. It was overwhelming because I shot the film while I was preparing for my wedding. Mm. And it was very difficult to do both. My dad and I, because we were both, like, trying to prepare for the wedding. And it was... <laughs> It was all worth it mm. at the end of it, you know. Yeah. It, this was a feedback from me as well, but also I heard was like a lot of people really wanted more depictions of of you and Regina. Yeah. Versus so like the, Yeah, <laughs> which is like like do you resonate with that? Do you like I mean, I mean for me, like what Shelly and I discussed was that because this was basically probably the first film that came out about it, like people are uncomfortable seeing straight people make out in India. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. They're just not comfortable with it. You know, Shah Rukh Khan, Salman Khan and all that. They just don't kiss on screen. They don't do anything on screen, literally. Right. <laughs> so that hasn't like progressed. How, what do you like? And also if you want to take your family there, it doesn't matter. Like no matter, I'm still not going to make out with my husband in front of my parents. This mm. is not, this is just not how we be brought up, right? In mm. that way. It's just, I don't know. It's just yeah. uh thing right it's yeah. respect or whatever so if you're gonna go watch this film with your family that we wanted like we wanted kids from the lgbtqi community which i hate saying yeah. to come to the theater with their family we didn't want the parents to be uncomfortable yeah. we Absolutely. didn't want the kids to be uncomfortable taking their parents yeah. to the thing it was a very thoughtful decision yeah. because we could have made it provocative it could have done way better if there were all those like girl on girl like yeah no of course. men would go crazy right like that's how they think <laughs> right, right right no and I think I appreciated it too because I mean my family saw it as well but like the family Can aspect is also yeah I know right? it and you're like oh mom this is what I do with my girlfriend oh my yeah. I mean it was also like speaking to families like it fulfilled it the purpose that it was for, for yeah um, it was a it yeah. was a father-daughter story yeah. it wasn't yeah. a love story at all yeah it was a story about a child saying this is who I am yeah. and a family accepting it it wasn't blue is the warmest color mm. right yeah. it wasn't it wasn't that film right. it and I love that film it's beautiful I love the comic book I love it but it's it was that right. so I don't think that we should kind of 
I know there was criticism where that was concerned, but I that mean, criticism, like, like criticism, <laughs> yeah. Say criticism. I yeah. think, I think, but most of the criticism came from critics, mm. like not from people oh, okay. who right. were coming, yeah. to watch it for what it was. Right. And I think that's important. I think yeah. it was a really sweet film. Yeah. I, I mean, if I watched Dilwale Dulhaniya, I, I <laughs> really wouldn't be okay with like <laughs> watching any sexy stuff. Well, like, yeah. I want to see like right. the family, no, yeah. and you know, I mean, that's how we we are. You know, we want to yeah. see the you know all those. I mean, even though like I kept telling Regina, I've always had good looking co stars. <laughs> <They're> so cute. <laughs> you just kept that going. Yeah, <laughs> but we yeah. had great chemistry. <laughs> yeah, you did. I mean, I think that's why there was that desire of like yeah, yeah, this yeah. works so much. We wanted more, yeah. which was like a compliment I think yeah for, it was yeah, but yeah. I, we didn't want to get into that yeah no, because absolutely. then it would become about that mm-hmm. I think it's yeah. important that not to make anything provocative because it shouldn't be provocative mm-hmm. yeah post 377 like do you think that there's been just like a shift in in kind of I've seen like you do more stuff like you did a pride panel with Twitter and and L that I watched like you've kind of been out there too do you sense any kind of shift in just like conversations you're having um? so I did the pride panel is because a lot of after 377 because it makes so much news I realized that people don't actually know anything Mm. like they don't have like the basic knowledge of what lgbtqi plus stands for what xyz stands for Mm. like just basic education there's so much ignorance so i decided to do that so that i could ask questions which i know the answers to but like a lot of people (laughs) don't like a lot of people don't know the answers to just to be a little more informative like information that can be out there which is a little more educational as opposed to just complete like ignorance is bliss it's really not you 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 might be hurting someone's sentiments you might be hurting someone's feelings you're not understanding things so it's really really important I think in cities there's a lot of progress I don't think in India I think when I come to like London or I go anywhere else in America and stuff I feel people are way more conservative Hmm. than they are in India honestly why do you feel that way I don't know why that is I honestly really don't understand it I guess because, you know, they're second or third generation and mm. they came at a time where India was a lot more conservative. And I think they've come here and they're trying to hold on to what they came with. Yeah. And I feel like Indians and Pakistanis and all have moved a little more forward right. because they've grown because they, you know, people just want to get attached to the culture that they've left behind. Right. And now it's time for a quick break, but we'll be back shortly with Sonam. Hi, Queering Desi listeners. This is Priya. I want to take a moment to share something with you. As South Asian LGBTQIA folks, our strength is our diversity. We come from a variety of backgrounds, and what we wear is so often essential to being able to express who we are. Whether you're breaking barriers, deconstructing stigmas, or pursuing your passion, there's a brand called Bakwas Apparel that understands what it means to be who you are and what it takes to be true to yourself something we believe in deeply here at Queering DC. Inspired by this generation of go-getters, innovators, disruptors, and dreamers, Bakwas takes pride in designing apparel that embraces and shares this multicultural identity to the world. Check out the awesome designs on their website at www.bakwasapparel.com. That's B-A-K-W-A-A-S apparel.com. And use the code Sonam Kapoor for an exclusive discount just for you our listeners. Join the movement, be bequas. Okay, back to the show. 
What would your message be to be like families, right? You've you've kind of depicted this on screen. You've been part of the community and, and an advocate for the community. What would your message be post this film, you know, if they didn't take away from the film itself, like to families or to LGBT folks? Like, what would you say if you I could? feel like the only way, I can say this to parents, the only way you will ever see your child happy and progress and be successful is if they're comfortable in their own skin. Hmm. If parents want to look at logic. And if you're talking about culture, it's been a part of our culture for many, 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 many years. Hmm. And it's only when the British came into India where a lot of these things were kind of forgotten hmm. or put under the carpet. But it has been a strong part of our culture, the masculine and feminine and in between yeah. has been a huge part of our culture. So if you're saying, oh, it's not a part of our culture, it's not a part of our, mm. you know, of our religion, et cetera, et cetera. That is absolutely not true. Mm. So you can't use that excuse anymore. Um, you shouldn't use that excuse because, you know, that's propaganda fed to you by colonialism. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Secondly, if you want your child to be successful, um, you know, that's what Indian parents want, right? Or Asian parents want, you want your child to be successful. I think that is one thing to be good at their job mm. or to be happy and get married to the right person and to have a wholesome life. Yeah. You should accept who they are because as soon as you do that, that is their journey towards a better, a happier and a more fulfilling, wholesome life. Mm. I mean, it's literally as practical as that. <laughs> it shouldn't be more complicated than that. I think that's very true. Um, I'll move to some general questions. So I loved Vera the Wedding, but it was really important to see like a chick flick, like the classic, what we see in America and Hollywood all yeah. the time. Um, what did it mean to you and why do you think or how do you think it moved the needle for Bollywood in terms of female centric stories? Honestly, the we have something which I don't think has ever worked for any of my films where they have this like thing where they say that, oh, this film is going to open to this many numbers mm. and this film is, and it's never worked. <laughs> I've always like gone beyond expectations mm -hmm. and like they themselves don't understand why it doesn't work for me. Mm. Like they don't, I don't think they know how to analyze somebody <laughs> who's like doing things so differently. Okay. So they were like, really the wedding is going to open to like three crores. It opened to 11. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, this is a basic, um, you know, like you're looking at people and kind of underestimating them. And I feel like the best thing mm. about me is that people are constantly underestimate me. And I think that's because then when you do things, and I want to tell this to all women out there, I was like, that's your superpower. You'll always be underestimated. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there'll be a lot of things that might kind of come in your way because people think that you can't do something. But eventually when you keep trying and you keep proving that they're wrong, you will get your due, due eventually. Yeah. And Aisha, I think, came before its time. It was a chick flick. <laughs> and uh, then was Khoop Surat, which did mm -hmm. supremely well. And then we had Viridi Wedding, which was not yeah. just a chick flick. Right. It was literally, if we had four men doing the same thing, we got it like a dude flick. <laughs> uh, right. But it was fun. And it was us being who we are and real and amazing and uh, without any apologies and showing the whole idea was Ria was like, I don't know any Indian modern girl who is actually like a Sati Savitri that you see in all of these like toxic masculine films. Right. Like she's like, I don't know anybody who's like that. We drink, yeah. we ca use cuss words. We have <laughs> indiscriminate sex when we're drunk. You know, mm. we do like stupid shit all the yeah. time, you know? And um, she's like, and there's no representation of that. We don't have representation. There are all these like gross stereotypes of like gay people. Uh, there are all these gross stereotypes of women as well. 
and I think in a lot of ways we're in the same place. Yeah. You know, it's it's a gross stereotype that you have to be this virginal, like beautiful, put together, manicured person. Yeah. Like it's it's gross. Yeah. So the whole idea was just to show that we can we are all the same. Right. I think like part of the problem with that is that the men are telling the stories. Like that's what made it has made. But there are a lot of, those- of women who are telling the same stories who are like still yeah women like doing that yeah so yeah I feel like uh what I want to get across to like international readers is your sense of style because it sets (laughs) you apart um you go to Cannes and you go to like all these places and there's all these red carpet photos of you can you give us a glimpse of like what how you developed your sense of style like what makes it yours what interests you about designs or designers I love I think fashion is art (laughs) I do honestly I do I feel like there is uh art to it and I, I've always believed in being myself, mm. like unapologetically. Mm. So when I came into the industry, the film industry, everybody's like, oh, you need to dress in this cookie cutter way where you're wearing these like Swarovski chiffon saris <laughs> with like, <laughs> with your hair blow dry straight with like these gross lenses and like <laughs> preening and posing and like ju- juicy couture track pants. Mm. And I was just like, this is so gross. I will never wear this stuff. I'm just, it's just not me at all. Mm. And they were like, no, but you have to, like, you have to dress this way. You need to wear spandex and you need to wear like these like hyper-sexualized but conservative outfits. Mm. And I was like, but I don't dress like that. It's just not happening. And I just decided to just be myself. Mm. And I kind of went the other way because I was so rebellious in my head. (laughs) And weirdly, because young girls want that because you know I I feel like a lot of the actresses always dressed for men Mm. they never dressed for women or they never dressed for themselves Mm. I think they were never recognized Mm. and at the end of the day when I did that this whole thing started because young girls were like oh my god I want (laughs) to dress like that oh I like what she's wearing I like this bag I like this hair and I like this different because I didn't dress for men Mm. I dressed for myself and I dressed to make me happy so so when you're yourself and I think you know things just take off yeah in hollywood well in hollywood but also in general in america there's a lot of talk about the gender wage gap um (laughs) what if anything do you think uh that bollywood can or would or would ever grapple with in terms of gender gap but also like in terms of pay like is that something that the industry like do you feel that that to be the case do you think i mean 150 percent like it's it's the most ridiculous thing you know I know what my films do and I know how well they open. And I know that it's like, oh, if I'm on the marquee and it's my name and I'm, I'm headlining the film or I'm Mm. like, I'm the lead. I know what my films open to because I have a lot of fans who are girls and boys, but Mm. a lot of them are girls and Mm. they're the ones who go to the theaters with their husbands or their boyfriends or, you know, their partners or whatever. I know that. I know this for sure. So I know that's good, but I still don't get paid as much as the actors who are not even opening the films to that much, mm. like the male actors. It's, it is what it is. And it's it's complete. there's complete indiscrimination where it comes to that. There's complete difference in the way we're treated. It's getting a little better, slightly mm. better, but I don't really think it's that much better. What do you think it would take to like have that conversation? Or do you think it's I kind think of it's like about a, making hard choices. Mm. I've been making it since yeah. the beginning of my career, but I can't be the only one doing right. it, right? Like I'm sure, like I know Vidya's doing it a little mm. bit. I know Deepika's trying mm. to do it. And I know that there are so many other girls who are trying, but at the end of the day, I have a safety net where I don't have to make the hard choices 
like if if it, I make the hard choices, they're not really hard because I don't have to like put food on the table, right? right. Like, right. but there are a lot of girls who don't have that choice. Right. They have to do the work because they have to run their lives. So it's up to people like me who are so-called privileged who to make the hard choices. Mm. So I use that as a responsibility mm. and to make the harder choices. And that's the only way where I'm okay with being born with a silver spoon. I don't mm. have an inferiority complex because of that. I'm like, use that as my superpower and be like, it's okay. I can go back home. And even if I don't work for two years, I know that I'll be taken care of yeah. or I can ask my parents for money. But that means that I need to make the harder choices. That means that I'll be like, no, I'm not doing your film because you're not paying me as much as the actor. No, I'm not doing this song because it's hyper-sexualized and it just shows the wrong message. Mm. No, I am not going to sleep with you to get the film. Mm. So that means that I have to say the hard no mm. uh, because of my privilege. Mm. And uh, when you start doing that, I feel like it's up to people who come from comfortable, privileged backgrounds to do that because a lot of people don't have that choice. Right. Absolutely. Speaking of grappling with, do you think that, oh, I only saw it from afar, so I want to get your perspective of of how Me Too touched Bollywood. Not much. <laughs> Everybody's just, everything's just happening the way it's happening. <laughs> it like started to, it like bubbled up. Like, what do you think happened and what do you think it would take? I mean, I keep asking you because I'm like, what, like, what is it like? to see that happen or see it kind of start to catch fire and then not, So you know? it caught fire, but then there was so many, there was a lot of journalism that was irresponsible. Mm. And what happens is when you do irresponsible journalism, like in a lot of way, these whistleblowers that came on, they were not doing it responsibly with the mm. correct evidence, with the correct thing. It almost became the boy who cried wolf. Mm. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So the true culprits have gotten away with it. Mm. And there are a couple of people who didn't actually do anything. It was an affair gone wrong or mm. it was something. So if you don't actually explore it correctly, don't get both sides of the story, don't mm. understand what actually happened. There's no, in, it has to be in depth before mm. you accuse anybody or ruin anybody's life. Mm. So it was going in the right direction. And then there was all this like sensational bullshit that mm. came out and that kind of ruined it. And it just yeah. became stagnated. Do you think there's been any kind of after effect like since then? I feel like people are more afraid to hire women and cast <laughs> women. Wow. So I think that was the effect. Mm. I mean, obviously men are, you know, they also are afraid. So there is a positive, but actually people are like, I don't know if I want to hire a woman. Mm. I don't know if I want to get women behind the scenes. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Who or what inspires you and how do you pick roles? Like, how does that kind of influence kind of your craft also, but just in general, like who or what inspires you to do the work that you do? I think my dad really inspires me a mm. lot uh, because he's always like done things in his way. Mm. He's like 62 years old. He's still a leading man. He has brought me up to be a feminist, to be open-minded, to be progressive, mm. to give it all like to my art and to my craft, to have a thought process that is very different. And every day he makes those choices and he makes the hard choices. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you see a parent do that, I think it's very inspiring to a child. Mm -hmm. So I think he is, definitely my parents are my heroes, but mm -hmm. I think the special thing about my father is that he is my hero and he's a hero to a lot of other people mm -hmm. as well. And um, the one person who taught me to be a feminist is my father. And I think I, I need to give him a lot of credit for that. Mm, absolutely. You've had almost 10 years in the industry. Can you look back on your journey and tell us like what it's been like or, or what do you think has changed? Look forward to the next 10, just any brief thoughts. <laughs> well, it's changed very slowly. Yeah. But 
I've had my growing pains in front of the media. Mm. I started working when I was 17. Mm. I'm 34. Mm. Um, I started acting when I was 20. My film released when I was 22. Mm. My, now my next film is released when I was so I've been 12 years in 12 this film. Years, years. Yeah. I grew up in front of everybody. And mm. I think a lot of people saw all my like ugly bits and like my bad bits and my mm. good bits and my highs and lows have been in front of the whole world. <laughs> And that kind of gives you perspective, I think, in a good way. A lot of people are not comfortable with that. Mm. But I think that made me more aware and made me realize that, you know, it was really silly. Like, actually, my Chandani, who's, uh, you know, handling me here, she kind of brought it up that, you know, initially when you joined social media, you had all these like awards like this. this there was this one uh, thing where I was like the most um, influential person on Asian woman on Twitter or something like that and I was like oh my god I talk such crap on Twitter I was like if there are young like people following me and I'm like oh yeah this lipstick is so annoying I was like I was like I need to have fun with it but I also need to speak about relevant things and then I realized that that was important or like you know, or I'm doing like all these magazine shoots and the girls are like, oh, I want to be you. I want to look like you. I want to be skinny and I want to mm. look like that. And I was like, but that's not how I actually look like mm. first thing in the morning. You know, I look like absolute crap. I was like, so I need to tell people that, you know, and I think there was a lot of self-realization mm. and um, also things that, you know, when I use my voice, I shouldn't use it indiscriminately. I should use it in a way where when I say something, it matters. So I shouldn't be speaking about everything. Mm. Like I should preserve it for things that matter to me. So I realized there are two things that matter to me. Mm. One was the LGBTQI plus community. And the other thing that really mattered to me was nutrition, like Mm. food and how people in like children in India were dying of starvation. Mm. So there were a lot of other things that I believed in, like in cancer research, et cetera, et cetera. But when you don't have the basics, food, (laughs) shelter, clothing, I mean, how can I talk about building roads and building bathrooms etc etc people are like they they can't use the bathroom because they don't have anything to eat Mm. you know what I'm saying so all that was important to me so those are the two things that I really believe in uh last question about Zoya Factor like what makes this movie important especially because it has such a cricket angle we're in a world cup year even though we kind of uh, this is a film about cricket (laughs) with a woman on the center (laughs) it's called the Zoya Factor Mm. because it's a woman who makes the Indian cricket team win (laughs) um no I I mean I'm just joking um but it's uh what is really cool is that I did like a lot of very stressful films uh and uh, Padman and Sanju and We Are The Wedding even though it was it was a fun film. Mm. I was producing it with my sister, so it's mm. stressful. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to do a romantic comedy and I love comedy. I think it's my forte. Mm. Like Koop Surat Aisha. It's like my thing. I love it. So I was like, I want to do a comedy and I want to do something that's fun where I'm not thinking much mm. and I'm just like having a good time and looking pretty and like something substantial as mm. well, right? And so I decided to do this film. So mm. it's a really fun film. Mm. It's a romantic comedy and it's, it's about luck versus hard work. Mm. I enjoyed doing the film. Dulkar is in a film. He's really cute. Mm. Um, <laughs> I choose a cute voice. <laughs> He's the perfect eye candy. <laughs> that helps. Yeah. Yeah, that helps. That's all my questions. Thank so you. Thank, thank you. Thank you so um, much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Queering Daisy. If you enjoy this podcast, please be sure to rate and subscribe on iTunes to help us spread the word and to make sure you get the latest episodes right to your phone. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Queering Daisy. 
If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please feel free to reach us on social media or drop us an email at queeringdesi at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.